Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Unai Emery side made it three wins in three against Spurs on Sunday. What a massive win. What a team. What a club. And after we talk about all that, we'll have a very spicy question on the way from Frankie. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? George, I am in absolute raptures with the idea that Aston Villa are a top four team. We're we're going into December, George, and we're we're t- we have not been living this dream since the O'Neill and John Gregory eras. You I know, know. Like we're we're actually we're old enough to remember those eras, by the way. Yeah, you know, for the for the younger listeners listening, that was a a halcyon day when the world was black and white, and you know uh, everything was definitely in, in standard definition rather than HD. Yeah, uh, the word you know, woke hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> yeah, the word woke, which all old people seem to use but don't actually know what it means, that hadn't been invented at this stage. Young people have not been described as woke at all times just for liking avocado toast or oat milk lattes or whatever it is. <laughs> that word had not been invented, but uh, here we are. And uh, George, I live in, as as you know, I live in London. I live in a very Arsenal area, but I'm in an area that's also got a few Spurs fans. So I wore my Villa top today around the area because I thought I quite like it. I quite like playing the wrestling villain role. You know, I like like walking around like in my head thinking of like a wrestling villain's music, the NWO and WCW, like that music playing in my head, just walking around. They're all all side-eyeing me a bit like, what's he doing down here? What's that? What's that? Brummy git doing down in my part, my, my manor. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and anyway, so I went to, I went to a pub with a, one of my best mates in the world. He's a huge Arsenal fan, and uh, we went to watch it because he said like this is the one time in my life I really bloody support Aston Villa, and I can't bloody wait to watch this, mate. Mm. And uh, and um, my God, like so, I got to and like the pub was uh, it was like quite busy. It was pretty is this, is this the pub that we went to? Yeah, it is. It's the same one. Yeah, it's the yeah, same so pub. I know the pub. Yeah, and where we watched Tottenham beat us 4 0. That's right. Yeah, in yeah. The, in the, in the Halky on Stevie G days. Yeah, it was a Son and Kane masterclass, as I recall. Yeah, Stevie G said, Yeah, look, the players just had to show a little bit more magic. Yeah, I, I just, you know, 4 0, you know, it should be a little bit more magic. We've, come, we've come a long way since then, Frankie. Maybe we could have lost 4 1 if we'd been a bit more magic. Um, but instead, today, in the same pub, Oh, those demons were put to rest, George. Yeah. And uh and well, I didn't realise there were so many Tottenham fans because they were pretty quiet. And sure. uh, I was I was obviously, you know, giving it a bit. And then uh when Tottenham scored, it got very, very noisy. And I was right. like, oh, for God's sake. Like my brummy instincts, you know, like you hear that Cockney accent, I think of East Enders, and I think like oh, East End, I think like East Enders Christmas specials, where they're just gonna make your life really blue, you know, just really miserable. Something miserable happens on Christmas Day, everything goes wrong. Yeah, you know, you know if, if if East Enders wrote a Christmas carol, Bob Cratchit would find out the Scrooge was Tiny Tim's actual dad, and then Tiny Tim would get run over by a horse and car, <laughs> yeah. and then he'd look at Bob Cratchit and go, you ain't more dead as he dies, his dying breath. Poor old Bob Cratchit having to get on with that for the rest of the year. But look, um, so I found out there were a bunch of Tottenham fans, and then when Villa scored, my God, when we equalized, Pal Torres, I jumped oh. up and I instinctively, my mate and Arsenal fan went mad as well. And I went, Yes, Pal Torres, you beautiful, handsome man. And I had no <laughs> control of myself. I was like, My God, like everyone else looking at me like. Who's this bloody git in here, mate? Who is sort him out, bury him, and you know, like Dirty Den in the East End has got buried under the pub. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. People wanted to do that to me today, but were there, were uh, there a couple of uh, Reggie and Ronnie Cray types in this pub? Uh, 
they're they're a bit more hipster nowadays. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> they're a bit they're a bit more like. Uh... Although Reggie Reggie and Ronnie are, are now probably quite hipster names, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's yeah. That's exactly. They're very. There were probably a bunch of kids that are like three years old called Reggie and Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. uh, probably maybe one called Alfie as well. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but, um, they were all there just looking looking on, going like. Who is who's this git? Who's this bloody git coming down here taking all our taking all our pints of Camden L's, mate? And uh oh, mate, it was special. It, just to 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 you know, because Villa this season, we've had some we've had some magical moments, right? We've had some yeah. fantastic stuff at home and a couple of big wins away, you know, at Chelsea, a great win. But it kind of felt when we when we played top teams away like Liverpool. Newcastle yeah. and then Lechia Warsaw as well, where the atmosphere was, you know, electric. Mm. Kind of, we didn't, we couldn't get out of our shell. We sort of got a bit overwhelmed. And it felt like Tottenham today, like that nearly happened in the first half. I thought Tottenham mm. were, again, very, very, their press was really good. And they were yeah. bloody hard. I mean, Tottenham fans have got a lot to look forward to. I know they've lost three in a row, but that, you know, they've got the injuries and all that. I think Tottenham fans should be very excited about what's coming there under Ange. But, uh, but to get the win, you know, to go one down and come back with a win at a, a competitive, you know, a team that we look at, you know, if, if we dream of top four, top five, we have to look at Spurs as a competitor. To go there and to win away, that's a big moment after what happened at Liverpool and Newcastle, I think. So, George, I am in. I, Mate, I tell you what, mate, I, I, I need to hit the tan tonight. I'm, I'm all over it. How are you feeling, George? Frankie, you you you're sweating profusely, just <laughs> just regaling the story of you in this pub. You need to take that hoodie off. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, just just phenomenal. I mean, as you say, uh, particularly you know the results we've had against Liverpool and Newcastle the away from home this season. We needed to go to the new White Hart Lane. Is it called that still? I don't even know what the name of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, um, and 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 try and you know get a get a result, either a point or something. But to get to get the three points there, I mean, frankly, I have to say, in recent seasons, it has been a relatively happy hunting ground for both Villa and Ollie Watkins, who scored again yeah. Yeah. Uh, there today. Three um, wins. Three wins. Yeah. So you know we've got we have got some good form there, but but yes, obviously under under Postecoglou. Um, Spurs are a different animal this season, or at least have been up until recent games. And um, yeah, I mean, who knows if they had Madison, you know, free to play, it, it may well have been a different story oh, yeah. because they they, they did Van have you know new, new yeah Van der Ven is a, is a is a class act. Yeah. Um, but you can only play against the team that's put out in front of you, and you know even with those injuries, Tottenham still have a good team. They have some you know quality players that can hurt you, particularly at home. Um, and it was just, it was Frankie, it was a tactical masterclass from Emery today. You know, sometimes you don't see it often. Sometimes there are little tweaks to personnel or little tweaks to the system or the formation or whatever. But today you could just clearly see what he wanted to do from, the you know, the first first minute to the, to the last, you know, starting with a back five, essentially. And I think we've, we've talked about this in previous shows about our, our, um, our poor starts to matches, mm. you know, a lot of the games that we've lost away from, we've home. Seen, away from home in particular. Yeah. yeah. The, the games that we have lost away from, because obviously our home record is impeccable, but away from home, we've conceded very, very early on in, in all those games that you mentioned. And then we've really struggled to kind of like, just, I don't know, get going uh, mm. to find that rhythm. So, you know, with, with Carlos, in, you know, dropped in solidifying that, that defense, Making us, you know, hard to, you know, making it hard for for us to concede early on, trying to settle into the game, 
was I think you know a, a tactical ploy from from Emery and it and it worked. I mean, yes, we didn't have much of the ball. Yes, we were under a lot of pressure and Tottenham had their moments, but you know they, they didn't take their chances fundamentally. You know that's that's the be all and end all. Okay, we didn't play. It wasn't our you know free flowing passing best, but it was effective and it and it did the job. And then you know in the second half we just re- sort of I don't know we just sort of fell into our groove a bit more. I mean, obviously the first goal that we scored. Well, obviously that wasn't disallowed. Torres's header, by the way, what a header that was! What oh, a ball from Douglas yeah, Luiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, Torres, Torres is really playing himself into yeah. a lot of form now. He's he's, he's turning into a, a you know, you know, he's worth every penny of the, of the money we spent for him. But to score that goal as we did just before the break, obviously they always say you know that's that's the worst time to concede or maybe the best time to score because it really sets you up then for the second half. And again, we just sort of like you know soaked up the pressure in the second half, and. Um, and you know we 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 were countering superbly. I mean, McGinn was spreading balls out right, left, and center. Mm-hmm. Bay, the, the, again, you know, talking about Emery's tactical now, springing on Tielemans and Bailey was the difference. You know, Bailey's pace, his trickery was causing Tottenham problems. All end up, you know, he had a shot which Vicario did really well to save onto the post. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was Tielemans, obviously, that set up Watkins for the for the goal. You know, really really nice kind of give and go. Watkins just getting his toe on the ball and putting it under under Vicario to, to make it 2-1. And, and then we looked relatively comfortable. We could have made it 3-1 if, if Davis hadn't, you know, miraculously managed to get that ball away from Watkins's header. Another header, Watkins, oh, God, Watkins yeah. missed from a, from a yard out. But, yeah, um, yeah, but, man, but, yeah. but you know, we, so it could have easily been 3-1. Um, and yeah, if you're a Spurs fan, you're walking away probably sick as a dog, thinking you should have got something out of that game. Mm. But as a Villa fan, you look at it and just think, we played that game superbly you know Emery assessed the threats Tottenham had and we countered them and yeah it was a bit of a smash and grab but you know you get three points any way you can in this league and um and it proved that we 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 can change the way we play to get those three points whoever we play against sometimes you got to ride your luck you do Um, massively yeah and I think I think first half I think Professor Uno will probably look at it and go because it's still a work in progress yeah. The, away, the away form a bit. And I think he gave Cash the go, you know, further forward on the right and put and I think putting McGinn out left. I personally think McGinn doesn't quite work as well on the left as he does on the right. Mm-hmm. I think on the right, I think when he presses a player, he's much, he, he's much, I think we, when he presses a player out there, he's much more comfortable because when he wins it, he turns and he just has far more options because he turns onto his left. And he can look out and he can just spread the play much mm-hmm. easier than he can on the left-hand side. Yeah. That's not to say, you know, on a couple of occasions in the first half, he actually played some really nice balls down the left. You know, I think one of them came over to Dean and he whipped the ball in and Ollie Watkins scored a goal, which um debatable offside. I, I actually, I'm not sure that was, was offside. Tight. It was very tight, wasn't it? The one angle looked offside. One like, well, it, well, barely it looked like a, like a toenail. And then uh, the other angle looked uh, onside. Um, very, very, very tight. Villa were very unfortunate with that. Um, but I just think McGinn is more effective on the right. And I think that when we play against high lines in the past, I think of two examples against Liverpool, who obviously play with their high line, you know. And on two occasions, I can think of McGinn breaking their high line because he wins it out on the right-hand side, turns on his left, and Ollie Watkins, or I mean, it was Jack Grealish when we won 7-2, and Ollie Watkins when we beat when we drew with them at Anfield last season. Mm. But on both occasions, McGinn would win the ball, turn, and just very quickly be able to hit a left-footed ball curved past that line. Yeah. And it seems to be a really effective weapon that I don't think other teams 
if he if he can if he can kind of put the right pace and pat and strength on it, it tends to be like a really difficult ball to deal with for opposition players. And I was kind of hoping to see that today, but out on the left hand side, it was not really where he's able to do that as effectively. Mm. Though, as as I say, he played out some nice balls on the left. But Cash, I thought, struggled. I I, I thought first half Tottenham's press was really intense. Yeah. We've not coped very well away from home with intense presses yet. Uh, we're, we're still a work in progress away yeah, from home. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, And I think in the first half, I sort of think Tottenham could have scored three, but at the same time, I think Villa could have scored three. Yeah. You know, uh, in the first two minutes, first minute, Villa had a pretty good chance. Pal Torres then had a header a couple of yeah. minutes later. Yeah. Tottenham hit the post. Tottenham had, had another big chance that they missed. Emmy Martinez was making massive saves all game mm. because Emmy Martinez is the best goalkeeper in the world. It's official. It's official. Uh, it is official. He's absolutely unbelievable. He's actually still kind of amazingly underrated uh, in this country, given the fact that uh, he's he's a Yashin Award winner, won the World Cup. Um, but uh, I thought that um, I, I, what I thought Emery needed to do, and I, I thought even before halftime, I thought I think he should take cash off now. Because it doesn't feel like we're able to retain the ball. We're not able to play football down the right-hand side yeah. very well. And this is not getting a cash. It just felt like it wasn't his day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I wondered whether to bring McGinn out right. And if Ramsey was fit, put him on the left. Clearly, Ramsey's not fully fit yet because that's not what happened. Instead, he went with, at halftime, Tielemans on the right. And Tielemans has been playing very, very well recently. And second half again. Yeah, the job didn't he? And I think in future now, if Emery's tempted to put cash out right, I think he might actually go with Tielemans out right, or Tielemans yeah. on sort of, well, Tielemans or Bailey, one of the two. Um, and then well, Bailey came off for cash effectively, didn't he? And Tielemans came off for Diaby. I was slightly surprised with Diaby coming off. Just that I wondered whether Emery should maybe experiment because Diaby played on the right for Leverkusen. And I did wonder whether he maybe should just give it 10, 15 minutes where maybe Tielemans comes on as the second striker effectively mm-hmm. and Diaby goes out right and then you can bring Bailey on in like the 65th minute. Mm-hmm. I just I just wondered if that might be something worth seeing because we've not really played Diaby out in that role yet. No. Um, so I was quite surprised when Diaby came off. But in the end, you know, I think Villa, Kamara and Louise were getting really, really overwhelmed in the centre in the first yeah. half. And I think that happened against Liverpool. Liverpool did the exact same to us. Um, very rapidly on us. Gave us no time to play it around. Um, but, uh, you know, we struggled to play out, basically. And uh, we were very close together, it felt like. But second half, I feel like Kamara wasn't really pushing forward as much. He kind of sat a bit deeper. It felt like our high line went a little bit deeper. And we just kind of... I I felt second half we started to control. We didn't have as much possession as Tottenham, but even out of possession, it felt like we were the more, the team that was slightly more in control. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think that obviously Kamara coming a bit deeper helped in that regard, but also having Tielemans there. You know, Bailey played very well. I mean, what how heartwarming to see Bailey playing this season. I mean, oh I'd, yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Yeah. I'd 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 almost written him off to be honest, and to see the way he is. But he, he, I don't think he was brilliant today. I think there was a couple of occasions he could have done better, but um, still, you know, he was he, he was a bit of a threat. Uh, but Tielemans, I mean, he's he's a hell of a squad player, isn't he, Bailey? I oh, mean, yeah, as yeah. as in, you know. There'll be games, obviously, where he'll start, but in the main, you know, he will be rotating between a couple yeah. of players, as you mentioned. But 
but what a player to you know to either start you know to br- really to bring on i would say yeah. what you know yeah. it's always good to have a super sub and i think bailey really plays that role you might not like it but but you know against tired legs 60 minutes the quality that he does have and the speed and, and the stamina and all the rest of it you know he's he's I think he's pretty. He's he's getting quite integral now. I think to the to the squad. Yes, as a whole. I think that's true. I think he's an integral squad player, and you need those players. You know, if if you're if you're going to push for top, you know, Europe, um, you need you need players like that who are willing to do that. And uh, fair play to him. I, I, I'm massively, massively delighted with what he's done so far this season, Bailey. Um, even though I don't think he was like, amazing today, but um, you know, uh, but then you know, I think Villa controlled it a bit better in the second half. I think Tielemans just as a bit more of a possession based player. I think he looked comfortable. He got the assist for the second goal. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Ollie Watkins doing what he does. And, you know, Villa, you know, you think about it. I think with Villa, like, we could have scored four today, I think. Like, that was the kind of... Uh, and and I think Villa, Villa, Villa Tottenham is the highline derby. Two, two fan bases who should be very excited with what their managers are doing. Exhilarating stuff. And Tottenham, if they had a full-strength team, you know, who knows what happens. But it... Villa can only play what was against them, and we we, we stood up to it. Um, we got a bit lucky, you know. Benzema had to go off injured, but we but you know second half, I think we did a job, and I think that's what we needed to do. And we were quite lucky to survive that first half storm, but we did it. And um, second half, uh, to me, was a bit more like okay, this might be the way we go with away games now. We might just have to sit off a little bit more than we are against you know the top away teams, just because uh, it felt first half like we were in a bit of trouble. But second half, um, again, what I would say as well is that Tottenham, it felt like Tottenham had a lot of chances in the second half, but it was kind of an illusion. And you get that illusion a lot with Villa where they're actually offside all the time, but the referee has, the linesman has to put the flag up late. So actually yeah. it's, it, it, so many chances against Villa that you remember are not actually chances because they're actually yeah, outside and they're exactly. late. So, so, you know, you know, it's Son, what, Son had the ball in the net three times or something, but, mm-hmm. or, you know, all those times he was, he was offside and, and it makes it seem like, you know, you know, Spurs could have had six or seven when in reality, obviously if the lines been flagged earlier or the play was stopped earlier at least, then, you know, those, those sort of phony goals don't go in. Yeah. Um, th- there was a bit of debate on social media about Cash's challenge on Bentan Kerr and whether we should have seen red, I mean, you know, it's not it's it's a bit of a rudimentary challenge, but it's not a red card. I mean, it's not like I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you think. I, I think I've seen I've seen tackles like that from many players. I and they don't get sent off. I, I don't know. I just don't think it was late. It's a yellow. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's definitely a yellow, but it's not a red for me. It's it's not a red card, but uh I do think I think it came very shortly after Ollie Watkins' uh, goal got disallowed for, and I still don't. I, I'm still very dubious on whether that was offside. I really. So, am. so what do you think? Do you think the referee went lenient on one of uh, our players because of that decision? Not, not. I don't think he went lenient. I just think that uh, I think Cash was um, frustrated. Okay. And I think it's a tackle that I wish he could take. He probably wishes he could take back. Yeah, sure. Because it, it was, you know, if, if someone did that to a Villa player, I'd be pretty angry. All right, so yeah, I understand uh, and, and, and I suppose you know it's caused an injury to a player. And yeah. if you're a Spurs fan, you've got you're be injuries, and you're going to be. Benhagar's only just come back from injury anyway, yeah. so yeah, obviously you're going to be annoyed. But I don't know. I, I understand he was frustrated, but but again, it wasn't a red. It wasn't a red. Yeah, the tackle itself. If you just take the context out of it, if you just look at the tackle, you know, yellow card for sure, but it's not a red. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Um, 
So yeah, I think uh, George. I mean, we're top four. We're yeah, top, oh, and it's December. Top four in December. We're, we're mental. We're, Halfway we're through like, the season, really. We're one point behind Man City. And we play and, them next. And Pep Guardiola's pulling out the little bit of hair he's got left on his head. <laughs> it's like he's like room. Homer Simpson, the two strands of hair. He's like yeah. yanking, he's yanking on them. Yanking them out, thinking like, I've got to, Jesus, I've got to go to Villa like in a week and a half. You know, if 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 he's a religious man, he's down at church praying every day, fiddling with his rosary beads, praying. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, you know, God comes to the rescue, but God is Paul McGrath, isn't he, George? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, big, ex- exactly. Yeah, you're praying to the wrong God there, Pep. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can just touch on that very briefly, that the next two games, obviously against Man City and Arsenal, uh, Bournemouth, both uh, Bournemouth away. Well. Oh, sorry, Bournemouth. That's Bournemouth, right. Yeah. Sorry, but but the two games that we do have in succession are. Man City and, and Arsenal. Yeah. Um, both at home. You know, Villa Park has been a fortress. I, I'm uh, no fear from here from me, Frankie. I've got absolutely no fear. We obviously will go into the games as 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 underdogs. We won't be favorites favorites to win. But I do think you know, there's something about Villa Park these days. There's something about what that team can achieve at home. I just think like even if we don't win those games, I still think I still think we could take points off them. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And I, I've I've never been more excited to face you know one of the top top teams mm-hmm. as I have been now. And I do think if we do manage to to get something off them, you know, even even win one of those games, then we're we're up there, Frankie. Mm. We're up there, mate. Uh, I think the top. I think Arsenal, City, and Liverpool are just a level sl- above. Everybody else at the moment, and you say, I mean, you say that, and I agree with a full, with a, with a fully, with a full strength squad. Yes, definitely. But I think stranger things have have happened, as I mentioned, you know, Leicester. Mm. But, um, uh, but yeah, like if Liverpool get another injury crisis, I don't. I think with Liverpool, if if Salah's injured, I think they really struggle. I think you know, if they get an injury to to a couple of their players, and they can definitely fall away. Man City squad is just. Incredible, and, 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 and can yeah. deal with literally any injury crisis you you could throw there. When a nation state runs a football club, uh, it things get things are easy, aren't they? It, they become more straightforward, sure. But I do think if if, if Liverpool and Arsenal, if there if there were injuries to their teams, I th- I think I think they can be got at. I think Arsenal can be got at. I just I do. I I think you know they're not they're not. I, I've seen them a few times this season. I think. You know, I agree. I, I talked to it. So I was with, obviously with my Arsenal fan friend. I mentioned the, the Villa game coming up soon, and he said that he felt that Arsenal have been, um, you know, as good as they've been, and you know they've won so many games and the top of the league. But he still feels they're a little bit, uh, they're not quite full rhythm yet. I, I watched quite... them against Brentford, and I, I thought, not, you know, Brentford's it's a tough place to go, obviously, but I didn't think they were anything special. Mm. I well, I I I just think with Arsenal, it, uh, it well look. I mean, we've got we got Warsaw in a kind of must win game on Thursday. We'll see how that goes. Hmm. Bournemouth away is an interesting one because you know if yeah. they play, if, if they play um, a low block, you know again it's it's like it's like Forest away. Like, just don't concede early, Villa. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can and they're in good. They're, they are in. They're in good form. You know, one, one three and four beat Newcastle two 0 last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 
again, you know, smart coach, Iriola. So yeah, yeah, very smart. From the same uh, neck of the woods as um Emery, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Last country, it seems to produce incredible managers. Um Jabi Alonso, watch out for him as a manager. I tell you about yeah. Leverkusen. Amazing very to watch. Yeah. Um but then uh but then City I just I just think City squad's just amazing. Um but then Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal's an interesting one. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know with Arsenal. I, th- I, I think we can take it to them. Uh, but I, 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 again, I think a bit like the Tottenham game today. I think it'll be for the neutral, very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. George and I could be getting into a Napoleon-style battle. Uh, I haven't seen that film yet. Have you, George? I haven't. I, I, I kind of no. want to see it, but it, the trailer looks a bit daft. It looks a bit silly, doesn't it? It's but a bit it's, silly. It's Joaquin Phoenix. I, I like Joaquin Phoenix playing mad, lunatic, yeah. egotistical maniacs like the Joker and Emperor Commodus and Gladiator. Um, so why not Napoleon? But, George, this could be our Waterloo. The spicy question. And today I ask you... The Villa badge has been a big Ooh. discussion point. Niche. Been a big discussion point. What would you like to see for the Ooh. 150th year coming up? Yeah, well, it has, they have to get it right this time, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a bit of a mess, hasn't it? The whole the whole redesign, and I don't know I don't know how much uh, you know Perslow was involved in all of it. Obviously, he's gone now. Mm. We've sort of brought in a whole new sort of backroom team and. Chris Hex been brought in, uh, obviously a new team when it comes to kind of marketing the club, uh, or maybe on a sort of a global global footing. And um, and yeah, I suppose with the with the bad situation, you need to you need to get it right, and you need to try and think of something that will, you know, transcend uh, just the football team and work well as a global brand. We are in the age of the global brand, Frankie, and you know if we do want to be a, seen as a, a a worldwide powerhouse of a football club, then we need to kind of um, yeah get the get the get the as, as, as a bit glib as it sounds, but you know the, the marketing right and the branding right and all the rest of it. And also at the moment, it, we're we're sort of in this halfway house where we have some, you know, obviously on the on the kits and on the and the um, training wear, we've got the we've got the new round badge which we all kind of voted for, last, or at least some of us did last last season. But then you know in in other areas, it's the it's the badge we had before the shield and the and and the you know the, that 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 one. So. um yeah, what what I have seen and what I do like, and I think Frankie, this is going to be far from a Waterloo. I think we're both once again going to reach <laughs> a consensus. We're the European <laughs> Union. <laughs> we are, yeah, 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 exactly. We're, we're we're agreeing to to call a truce to any sort of uh, any sort of violence breaking out between us. But um, yeah. yeah, I I like I like the idea of having that standalone lion. Um, mm. You know, yeah. I think again, I'm no, I'm no, you know, I'm not, you know like mad men i don't really know much about marketing particularly but i just think that standalone lion just kind of just works it's really clean it's it it really represents the history of the club and it's it's very like you can kind of stick it anywhere it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a a thing that you could put on a shield on a round badge if you want or what or whatever you can you can kind of stick it anywhere um and from what i've seen I've seen that kind of standalone line on a few bits and pieces around the club. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether that's that's a decision that's been taken just to see how it kind of like looks maybe. 
as in a subtle kind of approach but we'll see but i i i, I like i like that idea i like you know it, it's, it looks fresh it looks modern mm. um it's not con- constricted by you know the, the, the shapes around it um you know release the lion frankie is what i say <laughs> Let him out the cage. Let him out uh, the cage. I, I Let him George, loose. You do yourself that. I could see you as a Don Draper, George, in Mad Men. I could see that. Uh, you talk yeah. about wor- worldwide powerhouse. That's what this podcast is. Well, do, do, you reckon, do you reckon Chris X there, like, smoke, smoke in his little cigarettes in, like, that old kind of old-fashioned boardroom? They've got, <laughs> they've got the kind of, like, the designs up on the flipboard, and they're sort of like, you know. Uh, a little glass of whiskey there, just, you know, scotch on the rocks or something. Yeah, ab- absolutely, you know. The badge uh, options last time... The, the kind of vibe I get from a lot of fans I've talked to is that fans didn't really like either design. No, they it was, they've, it, was the, it was the yeah, be, it was kind of best of a bad bunch vibe, wasn't it? And it feels a little bit, you know, look, I I can't say for certain if this is true. I don't know, but it felt a little bit like Perslow in his head wanted the round one. Mm. Maybe gave us options where he knows fans are going to go nostalgia and vote for so them. So sort of f- funnel us down that route. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That might be the case. But who, that, that that's just case. that's just me, you know, blind focus. speculation. Blind. That's, spe- that's what we like. That's what, we like. That's what we're all about. Like, we're not a couple, a couple of journalists. So we like blind <laughs> that's, speculation. That's how we were trained. We were not. <laughs> we're not brought in to do facts. We were doing. I think the thing with the round badge. I understand why a lot of fans. It's a very special thing for a lot of fans it is because it's representative of a time in villa's history under ron saunders Mm -hmm. when we won a lot of things um and it just coincided with that it's it's not because of that it's it's just coincided of course and obviously it means you know my own uncle played in that badge he had his glory years at villa in that badge so of course i have you know a lot of affection for it but you know when you watch monday night football on a monday night right well, Monday night football on a Monday night, of course. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, on a Monday night, of course. Uh, but anyway, anyway, when you watch it on Sky, and yet you have all the badges of all the different teams, the round badge just looks generic. It looks bland. It doesn't stick out. And historically, I know that it was uh, what Villa had for you know 15, 16 years in his spell when we were successful and also relegated in that time. Yeah. Um, we, but it, it's, it's not actually historically what Villa had. So like Villa have actually traditionally had more often than not a, a shield. Yeah. Um, and the lion, the way it faces the ramp, I, I don't like the way it faces. I think it looks awkward. I think it looks better in the more traditional other way, basically um, that we've had for our, our whole Villa supporting lives. Um, again, I understand arguments on the other side of that, but I, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, and I think the shield always stood out. I think it was, it's what, you know, I, I still have it on my own shirt. You know, I, I to me, it just looks more villa. Um, mm. And as I say, you look at that Monday Night Football thing, you look at all them different badges and the shield looks individual and it sticks out. Now for me, I would like to see if we're doing the 150th year, Maybe we could go gold lion. Do we, and oh, it's wolves and like I, I, something gold that rep is representative of. We do we we do a sort of historic looking but modern feeling shield that is quite similar to what Scotland have done on their shirt to celebrate yeah, yeah, yeah. their yeah. anniversary. 
And the Scotland badge, if you look at John McGinn playing in it, the Scotland shirt recently has looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And the badge on it, whilst the badge has no colour, it does. it is a shield and it has the gold line on it. And I sort of think, well, Villa should have colour on the badge to stick out, but also the, the line could be gold and it could be like a nice, you know, because Villa's Scottish origins with yep. um, William McGregor. I think it could be a nice sort of representation of that if it's done in a modern way, a nice way. And then on top of that, if you can make the shirts cool, something people want to buy, some wet proof, yeah, yeah, particularly wet proof. Jesus, um, it's sweat, yeah, sweat proof. But but it, you know, something that just stands out and something that you know, for the hundred fiftieth anniversary, people can always say that was a very special, unique season. Yeah, it was a special shirt. Hopefully, BK can get kicked out because I just do not like BK eight. But who yeah. knows? Who, I mean, who knows with sponsorship deals and all that? But um. Yeah, I think I, I would like to see personally just to return to the shield, maybe something gold, just about a gold badge. I'm sorry about that if people think wolves, but it just it doesn't have to be wolves. It can it's, it's not wolves. It's you know, but um, yeah, just uh, and then yeah, just just kind of the, a, a shield maybe, um, but a sort of more modern. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do agree. I think, I think I was caught up a little bit in the nostalgia of having the round badge. Um, you know, again, you get suckered in. I mean, I obviously wasn't around in '82, but you know, you watch all the highlights and you see all those play, those great players in in, in that that team playing in that kit, playing with that badge, and you think, oh, you know, it, it, we're trying to get back to it, and you're always trying to get back to that sort of um period in time where we were so successful but but you know the football we're playing now is is very kind of progressive it's very forward thinking and and i think if we want to try and create create some new history um why would you know i've, I've sort of contradicted myself here but you know why would you why would you look back you just need to you, you know we, mm-hmm. we are we are yeah. a forward thinking club we've got yeah. we've got a forward thinking manager we've got forward thinking owners we, you know so so let's do something different something mm-hmm. which is unique something which is you know um which is which is which is ours and different and um and 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 you're right you know if you look at the round badge particularly there people were making comparisons between our badge and chelsea's badge mm. looking very very similar and yeah. it's hard to disagree with that you know i think yeah, i think you know you you've got to you've got to have something that is that is unique and actually you mentioned you'd, you'd like to see sort of a line sort of a single line which you know could be nice but something i i noticed as well is that man united on their third kits have the lone devil it's like yeah. an individual. There's like it, it, it's just something a bit different. And yeah. again, a lot of people are going to be cynical about that. Uh, again, I get it. Fine, but I actually wouldn't mind it if Villa on their home and away kit had this new badge, you know, that was, you know, re- but then on the third kit maybe mm. had like a lone lion, like just something mm. on its own and something that a bit distinctive. And I don't know. It, it just it just is you know something for fans to be like. Oh, I like that. That's a nice version. That's different. Just, yeah, different. It's, uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't mind that. I'm not and I, that. I think. I think generally speaking, fans want something different when it comes to kits. Generally, I, I think you know. How many times do you look at you know you you you're really looking forward to the release of the new kit and you look mm-hmm. at it and just think, bloody hell! I mean, that's really basically like last year, except it's got oh, a yeah, V neck yeah. rather than a crew neck, yeah. or you know, there's a slight trim on the sleeves or whatever. But generally yeah. speaking, it is a claret a claret shirt. And then and then and then and then blue sleeves. Um, mm. We've had that for a few seasons now. I just think like people love like the '94 kit. They yeah. always bang on about you know oh, the, the stripes and like yeah, okay, it, it it might it might unsettle a few and be like oh that's a bit bold and, and a bit a bit weird. But I love like again, it's that feeling of uniqueness, that yeah. feeling of kind of like 
people like taking like sitting up and taking notice like that's oh that's that's what villa play in oh yeah. interesting yeah you know it would be, it would be nice and again as you say for our 150th year if we combined you know a new interesting badge with a new interesting kit design i think it would it would go down really well and that's the thing you want you want oh god i sound, I sound such a, an idiot here but you you want people like you know football is quite cool now you know i did a whole oh, piece yeah. on this for you know, one of the broadcasters I work for about how football kits are quite trendy, you know, and fashionistas wear them and all this stuff. And yeah. Arsenal in particular, a club who have done very, very, very well from that. You know, they have a very young and diverse fan base. They, um, you know, models have been wearing their kits on red carpets. Mm-hmm. Um, they have shirts designed for, that's not even worn on the on the pitch. Yeah, it's like, like streetwear. You know. yeah. yeah, street. And, you know, I... <laughs> You know that that's how we you know that's how we have to think if we're if we're to be a club that's at the very very top or wants to compete at the top, you do mm. have to think about these things and you've got you to do. think about yeah. stuff where you know you want you want a youth audience to look at it and be quite into it and you know if we can make where you know kits with badges that are good or 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 just designed in a way that's like something you think oh that's I'd wear that on a day out and you know yeah. considering football is like in fashion in vogue now. You know, you want Tom Hanks wearing it on a red carpet. You know, you want you want <laughs> absolutely yeah. going to his coronation wearing a villa kit. You know, <laughs> uh, or you know, David Cameron accidentally wearing a West Ham kit. Or yeah, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. That's it. You know, like Black Sabbath walking around in it. But you know, but you, but young kids. You know, like people. You know, teenagers, guys in their early twenties, girls in their early twenties, whatever. Well, whatever age, it doesn't matter. Um, but wanting to wear this stuff because it looks it looks good, and yeah. um, I think that's I mean, where a, a, an yeah. example of where like a, a club that isn't successful but is is known really for its marketing and its and it's certainly its kit design is Venezia in Italy. Yeah, you know, like like you know they were in Serie A last season. I think we got you know relegated. You know, not not the best team. Yeah, but you think of Venezia and you think of the, the incredible kit designs that they've it had looks good. And, and and it looks good and people would yeah. wear you know i've seen people wear them and i go okay so some people might be okay that's a bit hipster and yeah this that and the other um but but ultimately it's getting the shirt out there and if you look at the shirt you're thinking oh what club is that oh that that is so and so or let's see how they're doing or whatever you know if you can get people wearing villa shirts out and about how amazing yeah. would that be you know yeah. just because yeah. they, they might not support the club or they might just like the kit but at least you're getting the brand out there yeah um and, you know and, that's the important thing and think god we've turned into mad men here george <laughs> but think about it we've got for the first time in our history an argentina icon in emmy martinez is like absolute i was in barcelona recently for work mm. and i went to a bar and uh i said to the i said to the person around the bar i said oh um uh, you know, how do you say this in Spanish? Because I, I, I like to learn languages and I like to try and learn phrases and all that. And they said it to me, and I said, uh, oh, I don't, I couldn't like quite get the dialect. I was like, that's. Wh- wh- I said, where, where are you from? And it said, uh, uh, from um, Buenos Aires. And I said, oh, well, okay. I said, oh, uh, well, one of my one of my big heroes is Argentinian. Like, who's that? I said, Emmy Martinez. They went, Emmy Martinez, and they were like, greatest goalkeeper in the world. I said, yeah, 
damn bloody right he is. <laughs> damn right, they gave me a free drink and everything as well. So whatever, if you're ever in Spain, just, just try your chances. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, never know. It's worth uh, but yeah, but like I said, look, you got Emmy Martinez, you got Douglas Ruiz as a Brazilian international, yeah. Emmy Buendia, Argentinian. We've got stylish, handsome, Pauta, gorgeous oh, oh, Pau Torres. We've got the you most know, handsome just di- they're, they're, the world, just, they're dying to be to be sort of you know put <laughs> in that clobber. George, we've got the most handsome podcasters and the most handsome <laughs> football players in the world. It's but, true. Like, but the thing is, like, if you're in Argentina and you've got Emmy Martinez plays for Aston Villa and you think, I love Emmy, Emmy Martinez. And if Aston Villa are producing shirts that are cool, yeah. well, well, it's a you, no-brainer. You might, want, you might want to wear it. it oh, my God. I, oh God, we, I didn't realise it was right. such what's Chris, what's, Chris X, what, what's, what's Chris X's number? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Just give, give, give a quick The call. amount of people who are now unsubscribers to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise it was such... They're sold out, but like, yeah, I'm just saying. I'll just, I, I want Putting Villa. Out there. I want Villa to be as successful and popular as we can be, and that's 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 all I'm. Uh, that's all I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, Don Draper, and uh, you can be Don Draper. I'll be the assistant. Fine, yeah. I, I I can live with that. Well, as, frankly, I mean, you know, I'll see you on the catwalks in Milan in the new Villa kit next season. Absolutely, I'm getting w- walked off by security because I've jumped on without <laughs> any like invite. Uh, but yeah, you see me dragged off little police club to the head like Emmy Martinez coming to my rescue like he did for those fans in Brazil last week listen any publicity is good publicity Frankie yeah all for this podcast Absolutely. I get brain damage for this podcast <laughs> very good okay thank you everybody for listening I've been your host George Zelinski Frankie see you later catching a bit George up the mighty villa what a win up the mighty sexy fashionable villa and it is goodbye from me too we'll be back again soon but until then come on super aston villa 